Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's the new year. <laughs> Happy new year, friend. How are you? I'm okay. We made it. We made it. 5th of January. Yeah. And hopefully this year is not going to be the same <laughs> as last. I feel really positive. I'm ready to get going, get cracking with it. I feel like I'm happy that the sort of festive period is out the way. I've got my New Year's resolutions in my hand and I'm ready to go for it. And like the vaccines being rolled out everywhere. It's like, it's, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, me too. My granddad has had the vaccine. Has um, he? Yes, I know. And you know what? Last year, I, I spoke about it on you know a couple of podcasts um, just before Christmas, but we lost my nan last year. It's been an awful year for him. His house burnt down during lockdown. I've got to remember um, that. Yeah, so he moved um, into a flat on his own and he's been isolated, you know. He's not had yeah. his neighbours, doesn't know anyone that he lives near. The only person he'd seen for like the whole year pretty much has been my mum, you know, me a couple of times when I've gone to the garden, but like really not at all. And this is going to change everything for him you know he's he's 81 and he can go to the shops and do those sorts of things which he's been so desperate to do and I'm just so pleased for you know people like him um that yeah if they did get it it would be quite you know it would be bad um that's lovely news to start the new year yeah it is I'm just really excited for him to get out and about and do stuff so yes and I'm so ready to get cracking with work um yeah I'm really yeah I'm I'm pumped I love this did you guys survive Christmas day without an argument um yes we did but we (laughs) try and avoid each other on Christmas day (laughs) you float past one another next to the pigs in blankets I just put my glass out and I'm like just top it up and don't I love that I love that (laughs) how about you I love where your head's at yeah I'm good I've had a nice break it was lovely to uh, obviously we were still podcasting but it was nice to have a couple of weeks off socials and spend some time with the family and just yeah I'm just really really excited about this year I, I think both you and I are in the same headspace it's amazing what a bit of a, a social media break can do for you and yes. just you just feel ready to rock and roll so let's get on with it and what a podcast we are starting off with this year this lady um is well she's somebody that's been in our ears and on our screens for a very long time in fact she grew up in a pop group and yes. then 
join the Saturdays when she was really, really young. Um, what I love most about this incredible lady is how vocal she's been about her mental health, her anxiety, all of her struggles. And she's got a fantastic podcast, Open Mind, that I've been a guest on, which was lovely. So yeah, I'm we recorded this podcast back in December, but who are we chatting to today? Today, we are so excited because we are chatting to Frankie Bridge. Oh, this is another real pinch me moment because we absolutely love this woman and we've been trying to pin her down. Lockdown's gone in our favour again this time. Singer, dancer, writer, podcaster. She's a mum of two. Basically, a superwoman in our eyes. Today's guest is Frankie Bridge. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. I think that's the nicest welcome I've ever had. <laughs> oh, Zoe's good at that. You are good at that, Zoe. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, just, you know, cracking on like everybody else, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this while we're still in lockdown. We've only got a few days, well, a few days to go, 10 days 10 to days go. 10 days to go. <gasps> mm-hmm. what are you, what's the first thing you're going to do? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't even, you know what? I don't even know what it is that I miss the most. For me, it's just like, I don't like not having options. Um, I think I think just see my friends, however many I'm allowed yeah. to see, I will see. I don't know what the new numbers are, um, but I will see them because I just miss, yes, we can FaceTime and we can text and all that stuff, but I just miss seeing their faces and laughing with them, you know? Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Because it's go it goes against all of our natural human instincts this obviously we know why we're doing it and we're respecting the rules and everything like that but what you really want to do is like give your best mate a hug and that's really hard when you're not allowed to do that I yeah, find that difficult I think it's weird and also I think because people are struggling um and you know where you'd normally be like I'll pop over or we'll pop out or whatever we'll do something or we'll catch up with the girls and we'll have a laugh and you know um, it will it will help we can't do that right now so yeah. um yeah it it, it it's weird and I think we don't really even know what we're going into or how long it's going to last and I think that's the hardest part I think at the yeah. beginning we were all kind of a bit like all right this is all right we can do this, this yeah, is gonna last like a couple down. of weeks yeah. Yeah. yeah um and now we're all a bit like oh okay it's probably gonna go into 21 and um yeah it's just odd but I'm hoping one day we will look back and go oh I remember that time where corona was a big deal and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's not. We can see anyone or hug anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frankie, we obviously a parenting podcast. We we love talking about motherhood and parenting. But I wanted to ask you to kind of cast your mind back to your days in the Saturdays to tell us about that journey, how you got into the band, and what those years were like when you were singing and performing all the time. Um, you know what? It was really random how I got into the band. So. I was in a band called Desk of Juniors when I was 12. We know that. We love it. For the people that don't. Um, yeah, so I was in a band when I was really young. And I had this, like, when that finished, I had this, like, weird period in between where I kind of went solo for a bit. I never released anything. Um, just kind of, I think for about a year, did some recording. Nothing ever really felt right. Um, and then I just kind of, like, bummed around a bit from, with my mates. And then I worked in Sugar Hut. I don't know if you've ever watched the Anyways yeah. Essex. You know what? <laughs> I live in Brentwood. And that is up the road from me. Yes. And I know it very well. <laughs> oh, see, so I worked in there before it was, like... On the Anyways Essex. Yeah. Um, so I worked behind the bar for a bit and then I worked in All Saints in Lakeside. And so I had like normal jobs as <laughs> as I would call them, I suppose. Um, and then 
all my friends started to go to uni and I was a bit like, well, what am I going to do? Like, what, what happens for me now? Because I was only about 16. Mm-hmm. And then I was in Zante <laughs> on my first, <laughs> um, like, friend holiday. It was just me and my mate. And, um, you know, I'd been a bit sheltered. So I kind of just found this hotel. It looked all right. Everyone else seemed to be going away. And I was like, oh, should we just go here? So me and my mate went and it was a, a terrible holiday. <laughs> Very much opened my eyes as to what I'd been missing out on um, in my teenage years. Um, and I got a phone call while I was on the beach from a guy who worked at the record label for S Club Juniors. And he was like, look, we're putting together a band we're thinking you might be right for it. Do you want to come and see us and talk about it? And I was like, <laughs> on the beach in Zante, like, um, <laughs> yeah, um, okay. So when I got back, I went to meet them and they were like, well, you can be in the band if you want. And I kind of left my two of my mates had come up with me into London and they were like, oh, so what, how was it? What happened? And I was like, I think I'm in a girl band. <gasps> they were like, what do you mean you think you're in a girl band? And I was like, I'm just one of those people I don't ask enough questions. And I was like, well, I think I am. And then that was it. Yeah. Like me and like, I think it was eight other girls at a time did loads of like singing and dancing together. They were kind of trying to whittle us down to yeah. five. There was five of us, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's five of us. And, <laughs> there was um, five. Yeah. Definitely five. Yeah. There was five. Um, and yeah. So it was weird. That was a really long winded story, but um, yeah, it was just really random. And I was a bit like unsure about going into another band and I was a bit nervous, but then also equally, I was like, what else are you going to do, Frank? This is all you know. Yeah. (laughs) I guess you mentioned that you, I guess, missed out on a few things like in your teenage years, like because you was in a band and doing different stuff. Mm. And obviously Wayne didn't have a normal job either. Is it something that you would steer your boys away from or would you like them to have a similar experience to both of you? You know what? It's really difficult. I I feel like I change my mind all the time. Um, and even down to like the educational system, like yeah. Wayne and I didn't really, well, Wayne did have a normal education. I didn't because I basically left school when I was 12 and we were like tutored while we were on the road. So I would do like my schoolwork on a tour bus or yeah. when we were in Barcelona filming a TV show, I would go in, do scenes and come and sit down and do my maths GCSE work. Like wow. it's yeah. mad. And I look at my kids sometimes and I do sometimes feel like if you don't fit in a particular box or you don't learn or get to the levels that you're supposed to get to by certain terms and the same as everyone else, then they don't really know what to do with you. Yeah. Um, and I do sometimes worry about that with my kids and our kids are lucky enough to go to private school. Um, but Wayne and I found that really hard to choose where to go because, well, one, neither of us went to private school and two, Wayne, everyone Wayne knows, <laughs> left school early and then have become successful for many different reasons as businessmen or as sportsmen. So for him, um, education doesn't seem that important. But I think for me, where I wasn't there all the time, even though yeah. all my friends from school, uh, all my friends are still all my mates from school, I really want my kids to have that time to yeah. be kids and to enjoy that and to finish that equally if something was to come up and they wanted to do something I would never stop them because my parents didn't stop me and yes it came with its lows but I wouldn't be where I am today without that decision that they made so I don't know it's it's really difficult but I suppose what I'm saying is I would support them either way but 
I mean, if they wanted to become a doctor or something, I'd be well up for that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think think they've got the best of both worlds, really, because I think, like you said, you're you're encouraging them to do whatever they love. And I think when we were at school, it was more like, you know, you know, you need to be really, really good at maths and science. And I was like, but yeah. I don't understand maths and science. I'm I'm English and I'm drama and I'm sport and that's what I want to do. And for ages they were trying to ram me in this like square peg and I didn't want to go in at all. So it was yeah. really hard for yeah. me to break away from that. In a way, I think our kids are really lucky to be in the world that they're in because there are so many more options for them and so many more creative outlets for them if they don't necessarily fit like the science bill. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And I think mine and Wayne's biggest thing, like you said, is we just want them to do something that makes them happy. And neither of us came from pushy parents. So like my parents, I went to a normal dance school in like the local school hall or whatever, like council hall. And um, the teacher actually said to my mum and dad, oh, I think you should send her to stage school. And they were like, Really? They were like, Frank, you want to go stage school? <laughs> um, and then like they, they first time they heard me sing properly was like on stage at stage school. So they weren't pushy. They had no idea. And Wayne didn't really start playing football till he was seven. And he got scouted and he decided not to go and do the tryout. Like, And his wow. mum and dad didn't force him to do it. So we kind of will go down that route, I think. Although I think it would be quite hard if they're really good at something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you, you've talked a lot about your anxiety um, really, really openly, really bravely. Um, do you think, well, firstly, was your were, were your levels of anxiety sort of rising during the band? Uh, and when did you really realise that you had a bit of a problem here? Um, I always say I came out of the womb anxious. Um, I think I'm just, I think my personality is just more in that direction I I, I, Mm. when I was younger I was a really deep thinker and I did always really worry about everyone even then and I think just being in the position I ended up in being in two bands and I think less S Club Juniors because I was so young and I didn't really understand and there was no social media no one was allowed to write about us in the papers and I was kind of just enjoying myself whereas I think when you get older, like in the Saturdays, I was one aware that, you know, my career had a short, um, what do you call it? Yeah. Life, uh, lifespan. Life, yeah. <laughs> um, I too knew I needed to earn a living, like as you get older, obviously when I was younger, that was irrelevant. Um, and also there was that pressure that I put on myself to stay successful and also social media and, and mm. the media writing about you and stuff. So my anxiety definitely got worse. Yeah. Um, and I think I just always had this real guilt that um, I knew I was lucky. I knew I was in an amazing position, but I just had this deep level of unhappiness um, mm. and I didn't really understand it. And I think the guilt is what caused most of my anxiety, to be honest. The guilt about um, what? And just knowing that, I had everything I wanted. I'd worked hard to get to where I was, but I knew that there was lots of people out there that would love to have been in my position. And yet I wasn't 100% happy. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't really until I met Wayne and realized that, I know it sounds weird, that I was happy with him, that I realized that my unhappiness was deep-rooted and was something else. 
Yeah. So it was when you got together with Wayne that you realised that there was an issue. Yeah, I think I'd suffered for a long time before that. In my previous relationship, I was kind of like, I was crying a lot. I was kind of coming home from work, not eating dinner, going straight to bed. I was kind of Mm -hmm. only able to function at work. Mm -hmm. And then when I first met Wayne, it was almost like the honeymoon period, that kind of disappeared. And then once I got a bit more comfortable, that kind of began again. It was like I could switch on at work be everything I needed to be and then the minute I was at home I, it was like I couldn't keep it up anymore and yeah. that was when um I realized that I couldn't really go on with my life like that really yeah. were you also suffering from uh, an eating disorder you said you you were coming home and not eating dinner and we've spoken about this haven't we Frankie on your podcast yeah Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that was tiredness as well, like in the evenings and also just like lack of, um, I think where I was running on adrenaline, I had no appetite. But yeah, Yeah. 100%, I had an eating disorder. I was controlling what I was eating. I was, um, I didn't really eat very much and I just kind of always ran on empty. And I think a lot of that came from, I knew my role in the band was more about image and who I was dating and my hairstyle Mm -hmm. and what I was wearing more so than my vocals say um so I kind of took that on and I think I took that and and ran with it and my life was so out of control for myself it was controlled by so many other people that I think by controlling my food was the only way to kind of feel a sense of control over my life it's amazing isn't it because it is the only thing when you're in that and you feel like you're in this tumble dryer it's the only thing that you can hang on to it's like well I'm spinning I'm spinning I'm spinning I'm spinning but then this is something that I decide I choose to do even if it even though it's the worst thing that you can do to yourself it's ownership of it it's a really weird one it's like it's a it's a it's fucked up really, you know, the, the way yeah. that the mind works during those periods, but it does give you a sense of comfort when you're, you know, so out of control. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You feel like a sense of accomplishment. Like yeah. I remember going to bed and feeling hungry and thinking, well done, or um, yeah. someone saying to me, oh, Frank, you've got a bit skinny, like you look a bit unwell. And to me, yeah. that was kind of like a pat on the back and then it would just spur me on to yeah. eat less and um but I didn't really realize that until I got pregnant and got a proper appetite. And yeah, yeah it's really strange. <laughs> Did your like history with mental health and um, obviously eat a, an eating disorder worry you when you were pregnant? Because obviously, you know, we hear so much about postnatal depression and, you know, it, it being a real pressure on, on mums in particular. Did it worry you going into parenthood? Um, yeah, definitely. I think... Um, for me, like they do say that if you already suffer from depression or anxiety, then you are more likely to have um, postnatal depression. Um, So I kind of, I had spoken to my therapist at the time, I was still seeing him really regularly and said, you know, we're trying for a baby and blah, blah, blah. And we'd kind of had the discussion already about me staying on my antidepressants. Um, And I couldn't stay on my um, anxiety medication, but I could stay on my antidepressants. And that's something that is quite controversial, which is why I always talk about it. And I've written about it in my book because I get so many women message me worrying about, I want to have a baby, but I'm scared to come off my tablets. And as long as you sit down with your GP and, you know, not all, all of the medication 
can be taken during pregnancy you know not all are safe so you have to check that but for me it was my doctor just kind of said to me he was like look you either stay on your medication and you're able to be there for your baby when it comes out or you come off them and you uh, highly risk the chance of having another breakdown and ending up in hospital and not being Mm. able to be there for your newborn baby so for me it was a no-brainer to be honest Mm. did you speak about this publicly at the time or is it only you know recently that you you've kind of thought well actually I'm going to talk about this because more people need to know about it um yeah no I didn't talk about it at the time at Mm. all um I think there was there's always been quite a stigma around medication anyway and then especially when you're pregnant and not enough people really know the ins and outs of it Um, and neither did I it was only because and there will still be GPs that will probably say no you have to come off then Um, but because my guy was um, a a psychiatrist obviously that's what he specializes in and and actually he stayed in touch with my obstetrician and they kind of kept an eye on me together which was good and so what were the early days like for you you know I think if you have you got a good you know family unit around you like lots of support and was everyone looking out for you um yeah uh we we have um Wayne's mum and dad who um, have kind of pretty much always really helped us with the kids um, and she was amazing you know if I was if I was really tired she'd take the baby for me and um, help us in the night and that so we we were really lucky with that and I think I was I was 24 I think when I had Parker or wow. 25 so I was really young and I was used to I know it sounds silly but I was used to being really busy and I was used to just running on empty and being tired. Yeah. Um, whereas <laughs> R- Wayne was still playing football and training and he cannot, he needs his eight hours sleep. <laughs> so we very quickly got into a routine of I did the nights and then yeah. he would, because he had to get up for training, he would get up extra early, do the morning so I could have a lay in and then he'd go to training. So yeah, I mean, ugh, my sister's just had twins, and I just think, <gasps> I just yeah, don't know we saw that. It's brilliant. How you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. But then I think that first stage, and uh, Parker, my first, he had colic, and um, he, he ended up having like an allergy to the protein in cow's milk. So he was constipated all the time, and he was a cryy baby that yeah. hardly slept. and so yeah, he was he was hard work, bless him. <laughs> and how did you find the changes in your body during those early stages? And what was it like after you've had the baby and you're kind of you're kind of left with your post birth baby? What was that like for you? I I'd say that was one of my biggest issues. Um, I put on four stone with Parker, and. I at the time I was on a combination of two antidepressants one of which I'd got put on when I'd lost a lot of weight and went into hospital and Mm. it turned out that this particular medication I found out a few years later really holds on to water so when I got pregnant with Parker I literally gained water like no tomorrow by the time I was three months I had no ankles I was literally and then I just kept gaining and gaining weight and Mm. for me that was it was horrible because one, yeah. it was the first time I'd ever gained weight. Yeah. And and 
being so out of control and two I was still very much in the public eye and I was performing next to the girls who were all still like a size eight a size six I was dancing on stage and I felt really embarrassed to be there and I felt like people were disgusted by me to watch me and yeah it was it was weird like you it's it's supposed to be like the happiest time and, and it was but I didn't like how it made me feel. So for me, pregnancy is more a means to an end, you know, like I get the gorgeous baby at the end, but I don't really enjoy the process in between. Um, And then afterwards, I lost the weight really quickly, if I'm honest. Like I didn't bounce back, obviously, you don't bounce back from four stone. But I, um, you know, I did everything properly. I only trained like three days a week. Um, I ate healthily. I didn't starve myself for the first time ever. You know, I was Mm. eating protein and I had like a plan with my um, trainer at the time. And that's when we kind of discovered that this medication I was on – help made you gain weight and water retention and the minute I came off it the weight just kind of fell off wow did you feel pressured to lose the weight yeah a hundred percent but but I think more so for me just because I wanted to feel like me again which yeah now further down the line I feel is Mm. is a silly way to look at things because you're never going to be the you you were before whether whether or not you get back to a size whatever and the same weight it's you're not the same and I think that's something we need to learn not to aim for yes um but yeah at the time I I did feel that pressure and I and I've I can still see I think I put a picture on Instagram it's one of our um, performances and I remember everyone being like oh you look amazing and and it was the first time that I felt comfortable in what I was wearing and kind of felt back to my old self we'll be right back after the short break there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So welcome back. Uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? It's really interesting that um, that whole conversation around, you know, I think the biggest learning that we go through as mothers is to learn, is to accept ourselves for the person we are today in this moment right this second it's not about our dress size how much we weigh on the scales or anything like that it's more about 
the ultimate acceptance of uh, acceptance of who we are as people and uh, and and how we feel yeah. inside rather than how we look and that is the holy grail really that that ultimate thing of like not looking for or not wanting validation or needing validation from yourself on how you look in the mirror but actually how you feel and actually i don't think i've completely found that yet i'm still kind of no. searching for it some days i have good days and some days i have bad days yeah. but i think it's good that you can be honest and say that because i think I know like I find it hard and and I try to be honest you know you've got I've got stretch marks and I've got skin that's not as tight as it used to be you know Mm. so even if I lost loads of weight and toned everything up I would still have that same skin and that's something that I find really hard to accept yeah Um, and I see these other women who really own their new body and and wear their stretch marks as as a suit of armor and it gave them what they wanted and it brought them their lovely child and and I envy those women because Mm. I know I will never be one of those yeah no I completely agree completely just does that put you off having more children and after your first did it make you think about having a second yeah so when I had my second um I (laughs) so I'm not really I'm not a religious person and for the first time so I knew we we were trying and I fell quite quickly with um Carter my second and um the minute I found out I was pregnant I just burst into tears and was like I don't want to get fat again um and I was really terrified and then I got hyperemis um and couldn't stop throwing up and I lost half a stone very quickly and I remember saying to Wayne this is God punishing me for wanting to be pregnant and then crying because I didn't want to get fat (laughs) oh no I mean it's completely natural to feel like that and it's really it's really amazing that you're saying that because I I do think I mean Georgia and I discuss this all the time the women that really embrace their bodies during pregnancy and the ones that are like yeah this is happening and take it day by day and you know I think if you've ever suffered from any form of you know eating disorder eating issues that process of watching yourself grow bigger and bigger and bigger every single day even though you know that you're growing your baby that you've always wanted that you love unconditionally it's still like you're fighting against it and it's it's quite a hard hard. one yeah it's weird it it is really weird and then you see the women who you know like my sister was one of them like from behind you would never have known she was pregnant um and I and I've always been really jealous of those people because I think you know, especially having a hyperemis where I couldn't stop throwing up and yeah. um, I was supposed to be doing the Strictly tour and I had to pull out of that and I couldn't then spend time with my toddler and I felt guilty about that. And there was lots of things with my second that I found hard completely differently to my first. Um, and <sighs> I just think, you know, it, 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 would it would scare me now to have another one I think one because you're more likely to have hyperemis and I really don't want that again and two because I feel like it's been hard enough to get my body to a point where I feel semi-comfortable um and I feel like I always say to Wayne oh if we had a third you'd have to ship me off to America and slice me up (laughs) oh no we're not doing that we're not doing that (laughs) how do you feel about yourself now where are you in that process um, I think like nine, oh, I wouldn't say nine times out of 10. I'd say like half the time I feel okay in clothes, but yeah. I feel like the minute I'm 
naked or in a, a bikini to me is not a happy place. And I think when I was younger, I never understood this beach body concept. It wasn't really a thing when I was younger, to be honest. Um, I would never like lead up to a holiday and think, oh God, I'm not ready to be in a bikini or anything yeah. like that. You know, it just, I was there. That was it. Um, and now I do, I do feel really self-conscious in a, in a bikini. And I am, um, I, I feel like I'm very lucky top half, not so lucky bottom half. Like that's the part of me that I, I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say, I do my best. I train a lot and I try to eat healthily. Um, I've just found out that I have PCOS, so that doesn't really oh, help wow. with um, weight gain and losing weight yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't help with mood. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one of those things. I feel like it's just it's still just a continued battle, just a different version, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and how is your anxiety um, at the moment? Um. You know what? It's it's been really up and down. I, f- I kind of just feel like with Corona. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. I think the Corona coaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like you know, one day I'm fine, the next day I'm crying. I just can't really call how I feel nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, but anxiety-wise, at the minute, not too bad. If you'd asked me a couple of weeks, I was on a real bad anxiety period. But it seems it seems to have eased off. So. It's just one of those things it's just really up and down but I just feel like well, now we've got something extra to add to it yeah no, no I mean totally and what when you have bad days do how do, how do you handle the boys because I know I find it difficult I don't suffer from anxiety but if I'm in a bad mood for instance I find it difficult to parent on those days and I find myself being a bit more snappy with the kids and then I lay in bed that night and I feel so awful I think well that wasn't their problem that was my problem today and I've taken it out on them how do you handle those days um yeah that's really hard I hate that for me it's less when I'm anxious and more when I'm depressed so if I have a day where I'm feeling like I can't really cope and I just want to spend the day in bed and you want to talk and be peopley um I do find that hard with my kids what in a way they help me because I have to get up and I have to look after them obviously um but also then you know with depression comes a lot of guilt anyway and then add on mum guilt and you know I do go to bed and I do feel awful because I think I haven't been the best mum today or the last few days or I haven't given them the time they deserve or like you like I have been snappy and stuff um and that's is really difficult and I hate that part of it because I always feel like I've let them down or they'd be best if they had a mum that didn't have depression or anxiety but then also on a good day I remember that I do my best I love them a ridiculous amount I remind them of that all the time um and they're happy so that's all all I want out of life is for them to be happy so you know we can't all be 100% all of the time whether you have depression or anxiety or not um we all have other factors that that go into that so also I think for me the way I deal with it now I'm very lucky Wayne's retired he's around a lot yeah. and a lot of the time I don't even really have to ask him to step step up he just does um mm. he'll like take the kids out to the park and give me some time away or he'll keep them entertained so that I can just enjoy being in my hole and <laughs> just get on with it really how much do you share with the boys um have you ever kind of told them about your illness and do you cry in front of them and how much do you share on that level with them 
Um, I don't think I've cried in front of them. Um, I, I wouldn't say that that's like a conscious, oh, I can't cry in front of them, but I, yeah. I, yeah. I kind of normally tend to do that on my own anyway. Um, mm. I don't really, I haven't really properly explained it to them. Sometimes I, I just say, oh, mummy doesn't feel very well today. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of accept it. If I'm in bed, they kind of leave me to it. They'll come and see me every so often. They're quite like, you know, like I have days sometimes one of them will just keep coming in and be like, love you, mummy, um, and give me a little cuddle. And then they kind of disappear and go and do whatever it is they want. So I think they're aware that sometimes I'm not very well, but I think when they're a bit older, I can properly explain it. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your podcast, Open Mind, is helping so many people open up that discussion. Is it helping you? Thank you. Um, Yes, definitely. Um, I think I always say to people, like when I wrote my book and I met people and they're like, have said it helps them. I'm like, you know, it's not completely selfless. Like it completely Mm. helps me too. I spent lots of years kind of hiding this part of me and pretending to be things that I wasn't. And now I can share those things. And, you know, depression, anxiety makes you feel lonely. And for me to be able to put it out there and have people say the same and how they relate and stuff makes me feel less alone as well so it kind of works both ways yeah and you mentioned that um you know you don't really discuss it with the boys now but is it something you know as as they grow up you want to discuss so that they are aware you know they might not suffer from it themselves but just so that they're aware that other people suffer from it and kind of how to deal with it and that kind of thing a hundred percent like I I try and talk to them about their feelings as much as possible um yeah like my eldest is quite anxious he's got this thing about death at the minute um gets really upset about that I don't know where that's come from Um, mine's the same as that that's really really? yeah yeah yes since he started school he talks about death all the time it's really really strange yeah it's really (laughs) strange I was worried about it I was thinking (laughs) what what where has this come from have I said something but obviously it's it's not it's just it must just be a normal I suppose you've got to learn about it at some point I suppose but again being a non-religious person I, I I feel bad because I don't have like a a great answer to that and it's actually something that really feeds into my anxiety issues so I find that one quite hard to deal with um so he's quite an anxious kid he's a real deep thinker my Mm -hmm. my other son is a bit more like Wayne like no fucks given mate like as long as he's all right (laughs) he's all good you know what I mean I'd rather him be like that um but I, I I do talk to them at night. That's kind of my time. Like I'll ask them. I tend to, when we're in bed, I'll say, what made you happy today? Yeah. And did anything mm. make you sad today? Or um, who was really kind to you today? Was anyone, was anyone unkind? And generally they're like, no, no things made me sad or everyone was kind today or whatever. But that's when I find they open up because yeah you know like you know from when you were young oh what did you do at school today I don't remember what did yeah. you have for lunch don't remember yeah, yeah. um and now <laughs> I feel awful doing that don't know <laughs> yeah no one no one and you're like yeah. no friends yeah that's the um, worst so I find yeah at night time just asking him those simple questions like not not getting deep and into it too much just makes them aware of how they've been feeling and 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 what they've liked and not liked in a day just to make them kind of like aware of 
those things I suppose yeah. I don't know if that's the right thing to do but no do you know what me, like it to me. <laughs> me me and my middle daughter Luna because she's the one she sounds like your eldest she she's the one that's the kind of the deep thinker is like highly emotional she's the one that I worry about a little bit because she can go from being absolutely fine to like the whole world being over and she's also yeah. emotionally like really heightened like she can really get into the heart of you and she's like four um and but she's also <laughs> a real worrier and so I got her these worry oh. dolls so at night before she goes to sleep, we talk, we, we've got six of them and we go through everything that she's worried about and we put them underneath her pillow and she sleeps with them under her pillow and it's helped her so much. Like six months ago, she wasn't sleeping through the night. She was screaming and anxious and spiders in the dark and she said she couldn't breathe too hot. I mean, everything. I, I was like, you can't yeah. be worried about everything. Um, but it's inter- <laughs> it was interesting once we opened up the discussion, even at four, she really, really, really understood it. So how did that work? So then with each doll, she tells you what her worry is. and Yeah, and then we put it under her pillow we give it a kiss we say well, oh, she's okay. oh, I'm worried about spiders and then we kiss they're from um they're they're South American and you could but you can buy them on Amazon okay. <laughs> everything yeah. on Amazon and then uh, yeah. I just put them under her pillow and then she sleeps with six of them under her pillow and it really has helped her oh, I'll wow. have to look at that then I'm always yeah. trying to think of ways to yeah yeah no, that's good. We've got a book called Ruby's Worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, the, the moral of the story is, the way to get rid of a worry is to talk about it. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is nice. Because with Axel, he's very, um, he tries to say he's fine. He's always, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then, like you say, at night, when we lay in bed and I talk to him, that's when all these little things yeah. come out. Or, yeah. I'm yeah. scared of this and I don't want this to happen and all that kind of stuff. And he only really opens up to me um, about those sorts of things. So I'm trying to get him to talk more. But it's difficult. It is difficult. Yeah, you just, we've got to keep talking it out. Um, how does yeah. um, Wayne cope with your lows? And is he amazing? And are you good at communicating with him how's that relationship um you know what we've been together nearly 10 years and I would say we've only really got better at communicating in the last like couple of years and I had like my breakdown right early on like within our first year of our relationship together and he was amazing you know he could have run for the hills but he didn't he he stuck around and he tried to learn as much as he could through my therapists and doctors and stuff at the time, but it was a real stress for him. And then it kind of happened. I came out, I carried on with work, he carried on with work and then life just moved on and we never really discussed it as as such. Not that it was like a hush hush subject, but I, I guess we just, I don't know we just moved on from it um and it's only really over the last few years and I think it's as I've got older I understand myself more Mm. and I know what I need from someone now in that situation and Mm. I know how to ask for it basically I don't want him to fix it no one can fix normal normally nine times out of ten what I'm anxious about or what I'm depressed about I just am so I'm not looking for answers from him I just Mm. want him to either listen or to give me a hug, or to go and take the kids and, you know, sort them out so that I don't have to. And now all I have to do is either cry, and he knows I just need to cry and get it out, or or two, I just say, look, I'm feeling really rubbish today. And he just kind of does it. Um, But I think he's had to learn not to take it personally. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not him that's making me unhappy, him up me unhappy it's not our relationship that's making me unhappy it's just my depression and yeah. and that's it and I, I 
you know, I feel for him because that must be really hard because I know if he's even having like a bit of a rubbish day or something, you can't help but take it personally. Of so. course, yeah. No, I'm exactly the same, exactly the same. Um, we always like to ask our guests um, what is the best piece of advice they've ever been given as a parent or what piece of advice would they give to, you know, you know, say, for instance, your sister's just had, had twins. What advice did you give her? Um... Oh, I don't know, there's loads. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the main one, which I think is something that parents find the hardest, and I think it takes real practice, is, yeah. is to make the time and to not feel guilty about looking after yourself, whether that's mentally or physically. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something we all find really hard, but you have to remember that in order to be the perfect parent or the good parent that you really want to be you need to be in a good place and you need to be healthy so that's something that I've had to learn and I think that's what a lot of people find hard you know we live in a world where everything well now at the moment but everything moves 100 miles an hour we think we have to be 100% at everything all at once and that's just not realistic so I think yeah you have to look after yourself and your relationship and sometimes Agreed. those things have to come first. Exactly. And also, you know, you're a role model to your children. So you want them to grow up looking after themselves, looking after their relationship, all of that kind of stuff. And I guess yep. we have to lead the way, don't we, as parents? If we're ignoring our feelings and ignoring what we want in life, then it's not good mm-hmm. for our children to grow exactly. up learning that. And also, it's okay for us to step down as as like lead figure for a moment and just be us. Because I think, you know, when we do become parents, it's it's literally everything, isn't it? We're like chucking shit at a wall left, right and centre, hoping that it all sticks. But sometimes, you know what, it doesn't. And that's fine as well. And I, I mean, even just popping out and doing like a 20 minute walk for you, it's you need to do that solo. <laughs> Don't have to be with them all yeah. the time. Exactly. And I think that's what everyone's found the hardest in lockdown is, you know, like yeah. I've had those moments, my friends have had those moments where they're like, I just can't bear to be around them or my husband or whatever, like any longer. Yeah. Or it's awful. And I'm like, but when would you ever spend this much time solidly oh, we say with that. any of them? You just oh, wouldn't. It's not normal. It's, it's really not, not normal. normal. <laughs> you know, you normally have something to do, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's really important. And I think like relationships as well, like, you know, as a couple, sometimes you have to take that time out, whether it's going out for dinner, going to the cinema or just, I don't know, whether whatever that is, whether it's watching a Netflix thing together, just making sure you make that time is really, really important. I love that. Um, can we ask you your five favorite products? Okay. Parent, um, parenting products. So any products that you have in the house that you love. Um, okay. Well, even before all this COVID stuff, hand sanitizer was a big thing for me. <laughs> yes. I am. Um, yeah. Literally. You were well prepared. Was, yeah. When everyone was trying to fight to buy hand sanitizer, I was like, look, see, everyone laughed at my obsession, but I am fine. <laughs> Staying pretty at home with my cupboard full of hand sanitizer. Are you joking? Um, Do you have a cupboard full of it? <laughs> No, not a cover. Well, I've got That's amazing. I, I, I had enough. I had enough. I didn't stockpile or anything, but I had enough to get me through. Um, I just, you know, I just, I, I love it. I think yeah. it's great. Kids touch everything. Like I'm a bit of, 
I don't care about cuds, uh, kids playing in mud and, and things like that. Not in that way, but germs do stress me out. So mm. like soft play to me is just like, I, my kids get ill every time they go to soft play, I swear. So like hand sanitizer or like wipes or something was always a big thing for me when yeah. they were little. And the smell kind of reminds me of them when they were newborns. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, controversially, iPads. Yeah, oh, I couldn't yeah. live without them. Um, my kids love them. I love them when I need them to. Um, <laughs> they're great. We're the same. <laughs> yeah. um, the car map. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's so good. You know, just sometimes when they get in bed, I can have read them a story and they're still bouncing off the walls and I'm like, they're never going to go to sleep. I just put a, a sleep story on on yes. the car map. This isn't an ad, by the way. Um, I put a sleep story on and they literally are, are off within 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, That's they're mad. asleep. That's so, I've, I've actually tried that and I have spoken about this before, but the car map makes my son angry. Oh, really? Oh, come it's, on. So, it's so weird because I thought exactly that. I was like, oh, sleep stories. I love them personally. Like if I can't sleep, I'll put one on. Yeah, I do. And I tried one with my son about a year ago and he got really cross with it. It's, it was almost like it was making him sleepy. Uh, that was making him cross. Him off. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is, was it the one where I Harry Styles was telling him a story? Hi, this is Harry Styles. <laughs> I'm going to read you a bedtime story. All right, Hazza. Come on. All right, Hazza. Yeah. Um, um, Kate Winslet's got one of them in it. It's really good. I think I like it more than the boys. Oh, I might try that <laughs> one. <laughs> to, to be fair, they fought it at the beginning because it made them sleepy. Yeah, um, so then that's that's what happened with me. But oh, yeah, they've given, given into it now. They know okay. now. The minute they hear it, I even had them doing the deep breaths last night. Which oh, I love do. this. <laughs> yeah. Although I then thought my youngest was going to hyperventilate. I was like, you can stop now. You can breathe normally. <laughs> <laughs> um, muslins um i can think of things now that they're older but i was just trying to think of things over the years um muslins for me were a really big part of the boys yes you need them for you know the puke and the swaddling and all that but my kids i always felt like you know because they've got a sleeping um sleeping bags now yeah i never felt like they were like snuggly enough so they the aiden and anay at the time had like oh, these yeah, little mini them. square ones um that they could like hold and like snuggle up to oh yeah and then as they got older they loved the big ones and they loved playing with the label but I didn't mind because a obviously there's always muslins so if they lose this I was always worried about them having like a favorite bunny and me having to buy a hundred of them in case (laughs) one went missing um they literally I could give them a muslin and they'd go asleep like Wow. Like it just really chilled them out. And really, it wasn't until I got rid of their dummies that they both kind of went off them. But my youngest, every so often, will pick one up and oh it breaks my heart and sleep like, and oh, sleep with it yeah, yeah and that's yeah. my son my son kit he sleeps with um three blank blankies he calls them but they're just three muslins from aiden and anise that's exactly yeah, what he sleeps with every night yeah, yeah exactly every so night i've got drawers and drawers of them because they're so soft but then it got specific like some of the labels were bigger than others and i only liked the ones with the big label oh god for that. <laughs> but i didn't have to have specific things you know there was never i always had loads of them so i loved them um, and then I loved the Stokey buggy. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Stokey? Stokey. Stokey. Yeah, I don't know if it's Stokey, Stokey or Stokey. Yeah, I know the brand you mean. Yeah. Um, They're Swedish, aren't they? It. Yeah. So it's like I loved Stork, it because yeah? it was high up. They're a bit more like, um, they're a bit more popular now, but when I had the boys, they were quite new and 
what I loved about it was the baby was always really high up. So I didn't feel like they were really close to the floor. I could always see them. Yeah. Um, and when I, if I popped out for dinner or whatever, they were always at like table height. And as they got bigger, that just got even handier because of my OCD. I didn't have yep. to put them in those dirty high chairs in a restaurant. <laughs> I could just keep them in there. Yes. <laughs> keep them in the um, buggy and they were at the right height and sat up properly. So yeah, Love I couldn't that. think of anything else other than no, they're good. Now they're older. No, no. <laughs> iPads do everything. Yeah, they do. Oh. Um, Frankie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. Bye. You're a superstar. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Oh, she is so lovely, isn't she? She is. She really is. I think, you know what I love when people just tell us how it is, Mm. you know? That's what we want to know. As parents, we want to know that those people are going through the same as us, feeling the same as us, and... It's just, oh, it's just so lovely when you, yeah, when you just really feel like you've got the whole picture from somebody. Mm, mm. Um, and she's, yeah, just so open about her mental health and how that impacts day-to-day family life because there's so many people who will be in the same boat and going through the same thing. What I really loved hearing as well was her relationship with Wayne and how supportive he's been and his understanding, yeah. his level of understanding of somebody that, you know, has suffered as much as she does and it still very much rears its head you know so that that level of like communication and support between the two of them lovely little insight into their life um she's a thoroughly lovely person and i i I really rate people in the the public eye that are willing to go that that deep with their problems because you know what it really normalizes um what we all go through you know if you see somebody that's up there who's in a you know she's she was in in a girl band for her whole life she's been performing and everyone looks at her and thinks she's got this perfect existence but actually you know real 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 battles there yeah everybody has their own um, stuff going on and the more we talk about it the less alone people will feel and also I think that just helps in general you know if you Mm. feel like you're not the only person going through it I think it just lifts it it, it almost takes a weight off your shoulders doesn't it yeah totally um so yeah thank you Frankie for for that so yes yeah come back on again soon please um so as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast um please if you could leave us a little review a little written review that would really be helpful as well and of course tell all of your mates about us if you know that somebody's not listening to the podcast ask them why not yeah I'm sure there's going to be loads of pregnancy (laughs) announcements this month so yeah Get, get them on board Christmas <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> everyone's been stuck at home um, and yes please if you've got any suggestions for guests then please do drop us a DM at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Harvman and we'll be back on Friday we'll see you then Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.